and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today, my guest is Mark Iorio. Hi, Mark. Hello, Jess. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be on here with you. I was on your show quite a few times. We have different shows, but I was on one of your shows and we just had so much fun. I don't know why we weren't friends sooner. So I'm so excited that you're on here. Me too. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I wanted you on here because, like I said, you do a couple things. You have a couple TV shows um, yep. RV, on RVN TV, but you also have your own business where you do a lot of team building work. And um, obviously you and I have a same, similar mission in that sense, but you come at it differently. And I love the way you do what you do. So yeah. first I would love for you to kind of just do a little recap on, you know, what the your RVN TV shows are, and then we can kind of get into your team building. Sure, sure. Thanks for that. Um, so Rainmakers Roundup, I've been doing that for over five and a half years. And that really is, we're probably going to change the, the format a little bit about the, uh, on that one, Jess. It's it's about people who are doing something a little unique or different in a competitive world. But because I, you know, I've been at this for a long time, I think we're going to start asking people about their culture, about what, what their teams are like and what, you know, what, whether there's an importance in their minds of, of engaging in team culture and what that's all about, how to change it. So I think that whole idea of Rainmakers is going to shift a bit, but I'm booked out until the middle of, uh, I think the middle of June so far. So, um, but that that's one program I've been doing for five and a half years. Then we've got the Advocates, which is about people helping people. It's it's people doing good in the community, in the world, and they come on and talk about that. And of course, you know, uh, there's some some great people that have been on that program as well. Um, you included, right? You've been on there. You've been on Rainmakers. You're amazing. And then I have um, morning coffee. I do that. And I also have a program that I do with Jim Schulman that I'm not sure if I can say it on the air um, on the podcast, but it starts with an F and it ends with a K. Oh. It's called, <laughs> yeah. it's called F ups. And it, it's, it's, um, it's about businesses that have gone really sideways or, have gone down a really bad path and, and the, you know, the, the leader has either recovered or not recovered. And that's kind of a fun conversation, but it's also, it's also a learning experience for a lot of people because a lot of, a lot of folks think that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're, everything is just peaches and cream and it's not, um, it, things, things go bad sometimes. And, and when they do, it's how you recover. So, uh, that's kind of the RVN thing. I've, I've been chairman of the board of directors there and, uh, on the advisory board for a number of years, and I've mentored, you know, the the president of uh, RVN for quite a while. So I I enjoy things there. So it's been great. I love it, and you know, so I met you through a couple of people. And we finally got connected because you're like you said, you're pretty booked out for a while. So when we finally connected, it's amazing. But everything about your show really says who you are. You're very culture based. You're very personality based. You're very about the person for themselves and who they are. And all your shows really represent that. So I love that. It's not just a front. It's literally who you are. When you watch your show, you can see how excited you are when you talk to the, your guests and how informed you are about your guests. And it's so cool. It's so important because, and we'll get to it in a second, your profit for teams is that you're very much culture-based, but that really starts with the person with you, right? So it's very much who you are, your awareness, your accountability. And so I just love who you are because you 
I could do this for hours, but you're amazing and you really thank show you. who you are. So thank you. If you haven't checked out any of his shows, you got to check out one of them because it, you're you're just a really great uh, host. And I just want to say that. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I mean, when you're when you're hosting anything, it's just like you. I mean, if if it's about you, no one really wants to tune in. It's it's about the other person. And, you know, I want to know about your passion for what you do and why you do it. And you know, why you love what you do and the difference that you make in the world and your own journey. And, you know, you talk about journey for yourself, but a lot of it is your journey and, and why you love and enjoy the things that you do and, and what inspires you to do the things that you do. So if you make it about the other person, it's real, it's authentic. It's not about if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a host and you're asking all the questions and you're talking then you can't find out what's going on about, you know, with the guest and no one wants to hear about you. You're, you know, you're just a conduit, right? <laughs> I agree. But I think what you're also saying too, I think a lot of what you're saying is that finding that what gets me driven, gets me up in the morning, gets, finds with that, that, that passion as a host is really important. But I also feel when you go into your teams and work on team building and we'll go into these offices, I feel like that's also really important is trying to figure out what gets that those employees up every morning and figuring out what they are actually really good at. Do you yeah, agree? I totally agree with you. One of the things that we look for are people who are heart centered, you know, the leaders that really care about their people. And, you know, it's hard, it's hard to ferret that out. It's not like there's a database out there that says, okay, here are all the heart centered people out there that are, that are leading teams or leading departments or leading organizations. But when people say that they're, they're, their team or their people are their most important asset, they've got to back that up. It can't be rhetoric. It can't be just lip service. Um, but we are successful with the people that really do care about the people that work for them and, and they show it. And it's not about changing culture in an organization, whether it's the workshop that we do with ProFit for Teams or BCAT, which is a more extended program. Um, it, we, we find that the people that really do care really make the, the the thing work the process work for those that don't and and they pay lip service to it it really doesn't work because you know they're either looking at the bottom line or they're looking at something else that is not really about the people that work for them so you got to be real you got to be real and i think and tell me you agree with this I think being real is owning and being accountable for, oh, I made mistakes, right? None of us are perfect and not all of us are trying to figure things out and learn. So I think as a leader, it's really important for us to go, I need help and I need support because I'm not doing my mission statement. I'm not doing what I believe in. I need support in this. Do you agree? Totally. I mean, I think, I think mission statements and core values and vision statements are on the wall. And, and a lot of times people don't really pay much attention to it. What we do is make sure that that is manifested, the, the culture inside the organization and the purpose of the organization is manifested in people's daily behavior. If you say that you're going to be a, uh, an employee-centric organization or a culture-centric organization, that means that what you ought to be doing day by day is really caring about and, you know, giving a darn about the people and their families inside the organizations. And if you don't do that, you know, it's just going to come through and people are going to see it. They're going to recognize it and they're not going to want to work for you. So my question would be, 
how does, what does that look like, right? A lot of times you see now, oh, we have a family culture, we're family culture, we're family culture, we're a healthy culture, we're, um, you know, we, we focus on our culture. What does that even look like? What does a healthy culture look like? How do you instill that? Well, it, it is, first of all, it's all about, it's all about finding out who we are as a team, as an organization, right? And, and, and identifying that purpose, not the core values, but identifying the purpose. And when you do that, you know, when you understand who we are collectively, then you, you build a list of ideals or, you know, aligned inspirations or commandments or co codes of conduct, behavior. This is how we behave collectively. Then you go to each individual and say, what are the two or three things that you might be able to do each day that help migrate this culture toward our avatar, toward our North Star? And it really is a matter of keeping ourselves, holding ourselves accountable to those behavioral changes that we make. If you say you're going to lose weight or you're going to go on a diet or you're going to get healthier or whatever it is, who's going to make that change? You, you've got to make the change. So it's not someone else holding you accountable. You can hire a coach, but ultimately it's you, you putting that food in your mouth, you making that additional, you know, run or the, the workout that you need to do in order to become, you know, stronger or healthier or whatever. So it's very similar to that culture inside the organization is hard work. It's not something that's easy and you've got to do it every day. You've got to treat people in a healthy fashion. It, you know, just use the golden rule. I want to be treated the way I treat others and, and, or, you know, I want to treat others the way I'm being treated. And if you do that, you know, you've got a much better opportunity to, to get the culture to migrate toward that, that purpose, that North Star. I love that you're bringing it down to two to three things a day. So speaking of someone that talks a lot about habits, bringing it down to small bite-sized pieces, finding the one to two, three things that you can do every single day. That's realistic to you to every single day to show up. What does that look like for you? Because my goals and your goals are completely different, right? So you're saying, what is the one, two, three things that you can do every day to show up? And it's going back to, like you said, going back to how do I want to be treated, you know, and how am I going to show that respect? What does that look like? How am I showing my own self accountable? Like you said, we've all hired coaches. We've all been down that route. But at the end of the day, it's really myself that I have to go, I'm showing up for me, right? And so how do I do that? How do I show my own self-accountability? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is observable behavioral changes that we all make and, and that accountability so, uh, is, is important to us. But if you see me doing something that I normally didn't do prior to this process and you say, wow, Mark is, you know, he's really making an effort to talk to so-and-so. And, and in the past, I know he's had a problem with him or her, but now, you know, he's sitting down and trying to understand how, where they're coming from. That's observable behavioral changes that I'm making. And, and if you could start to see that in your team, in your colleagues, you know, it, it manifests itself in, in your own behavior. It's like going to the gym, Jess. A lot of times, you know, if you're, if you're working out by yourself, you know, there's no real incentive to look at anyone else saying, oh my God, that person just did an extra curl. I could, I could count, like I'm counting it in my head or they put an extra plate on, you know, the, the tricep machine or whatever it might be, or they're running a little faster than I see them run in the past. I'm going to step it up a little bit. You know, there's that little bit of competition there that says, 
well, if Jess is making that change, I can certainly do something different to make myself better each day. And that's what you're looking to do. That little healthy competition going on. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it really is what the whole idea here is, you know, becoming a better version of yourself day by day, which helps make the team become a better version of itself day by day. And that's really what it is. It's day by day. You know, we try to make these bigger strives and to start with today, because we get so excited and we get, I don't know if you see this, but especially with the new year's, right. We get so excited. We're like, I want to make these big goals. You know, you keep referencing and working out. I'm only 30 pounds. The first week, maybe if a week I like eat healthy, I'm drinking more water. I'm working out second week. No, that was fun. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing that again. Exactly. That was too much work. <laughs> too much. So it goes back to the, what you keep saying is that one, two, three things a day and making it very, very simple. Yep. So can you tell me, cause you have two programs here. You have your ProFit for teams, and right. then you have your BCAT, your Correct. brand culture toolkit. Yep. Can you kind of give us a little breakdown of each? Absolutely. One is, you know, the ProFit for teams is a uh, is a one day, four hour workshop where we go in. It's all real time. We start out every program, whether it's BCAT or ProFit for teams, with an incorporating question. It's the same question. Imagine your entire team your department or your organization as though it were a single person doing its best work on its best day to deliver all of its promises and achieve all of its goals. What does that look like? Now, from a, from a, cult, um, from a frontal cortex standpoint, when you see the exercises in either of these two programs and they are identical, except the one is you know, a workshop and, and BCAT is a much more elongated, long-term behavioral change program. Um, you start to select words in that in these exercises that best depict what this team looks like to you or what this avatar looks like to you. We then take in both cases and plot the results. Now with, with uh, ProFit, you're seeing it happen right in front of you. It's all real time because you're in the workshop together and it could be as many as 12 or maybe even as high as 15 people in the workshop and you're watching, oh, this is who we are. And, and wait a minute, I've got to change here. I think we're a little bit more creative than we are analytical, or I think we're a little bit more driver than we are caretaker. And so you start to see the model uh, start to move inside the organization. With BCAT, it's a process that takes a little bit of time. And, and you know we do these, these individual workshops where we have conversations. Um, it's a little more elongated, but bottom line is that where we land on that on that quadrant or in that cycle, we start to to build these ideals depending on where you land. And, and you know, you can either be a creative organization, a connector organization, a caretaker organization, more of a uh, expert organization or a driver organization. And they're all a little different. Uh, and there's a combination of those things. It's a chemistry. It's not just one or the other. So wherever you land, we build these ideals. This is how we behave based on where we landed. And once you see that, and everyone, everyone agrees that these are behaviors that I can, you know, I can follow. I can certainly, follow. it's like the commandments, right? I can follow this, these rules, these overarching rules. But then at the end, before we, we walk out of the workshop, we're asking each individual to list these two or three things that they can do each day 
in accordance to these ideals or these aligned inspirations. And then the difference with BCAT and ProFit is that with ProFit, it's like a DIY thing. Now we're turning it over to the client to say, okay, you know, these 12 or 15 people have made these suggestions as to what they can do each day. And now it's up to you and your team to make sure everyone does and follows what they say they're going to do. With BK, and they can call us back in, by the way, at, at, and, and say, listen, we're really falling on our faces here. We, we need help. With BCAT, it's a longer program. It's we're following up every two weeks. We're meeting with, with teams in groups of, of 10 or so, making sure that they're following up. And it's a more, it's just a longer protracted process. That's all. It's it, you know, ProFit for teams really helps launch the BCAT model in a couple of senses. But in some cases, you know, they may say, you know what, we're good. We can handle it ourselves. So yeah. I hope I that makes it. sense. No, it does. Because it's, it's literally repeating everything you said from the beginning, right? Very culture focus, very accountability, creating awareness. But going back to that, it was one, two, three baby steps you can do every single day, right? We're creating that habit. We're learning a habit that works for us. And yep. that's how you're going to make the progress. So I love it's really just stringing along from what you said from the beginning of this episode. So I love that. Yeah. Say someone's listening right now. And they're wondering if your program's for them. How do they know their pro your program is going to be the best for them? Well, a lot of times they'll see things like backbiting or, or silo thinking inside the organization or a lot of passive aggressive behavior. Um, teams not working together in a collaborative way. They may see um, on the financial side, they may see a decline in their revenue or decline in their profitability. Uh, they may see things in marketing and sales that there's a real inconsistency in what salesperson to salesperson says about our product or our service. And marketing is not in align with, with uh, the sales team. They may see a lot of that. They may see just a, a complete misalignment with, with people inside the operation. And when you start to see that and you feel that and you know that your culture is a mess call us in, we'll come in, we'll talk about it, we'll, we'll do an assessment and understand maybe just it's, it, maybe it's just the ProFit for Teams model and, and the workshop that we can do for that half day to get everybody on, you know, thinking around this. Because you know, what it is, Jess, a lot of times organizations or, or businesses do not typically do what sports teams do. Sports teams go in the year and into a year and they say, listen, our goal our goal this year is to win a championship. Now, it's six months or nine months or a year from now. What can we do today that will get us to where we need to go a year from now? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be everything. It's diet. It's, it's reading the playbook. It's exercise. It's going over the plays. It's talking to our you know, friends and colleagues on, you know, on the team. It's all those things, all those little behavioral changes that you can make so that the goal a year from now is what, you know, is what you're able to reach. Not 364 days later, you say, you know, we're, we're a day away from the goal. So there's a lot of those things that happen that um, a leader can see in the organization and say, man, I, I need help. And it's not about putting a ping pong table in the lunchroom or pizza parties on Friday or taco Tuesdays or whatever. 
it's not that that's a perk that's not culture that's not you know changing the purpose of the organization this is a manifestation of who we are as a team and it's it is not easy stuff i mean it's hard work i love that you brought up the end where um speaking about the pizza parties and taco tuesdays and you know those what you called it perks that's exactly what they are and not that they're not appreciated but where you said like we're going to make that change in the culture and what steps are you making every day that taco tuesday every quarter isn't doing that everyday thing, right? So what are you doing to show up for your team every day? Yeah, there's a ping pong table, but when the to-do list is crazy and they don't have the resources or the education to the to do the to-do list, how they can't they don't even want to play ping pong. That's just something they're too overwhelmed and stressed to even handle, right? Yeah. So someone's listening right now and they're and they're you're checking all the boxes. They're like, yes, yes, I need Mark and his team in my um company today. What is the best way for them to contact you? Well, they can they can either get me at um, Mark at Pro hyphen Fit F I T the number four teams dot com right or Mark dot Iorio I O R I O at getbcat dot com so G E T B C A T dot com or they call me on my cell six zero nine five seven seven four three zero six you know I'm on LinkedIn Jess I'm all over LinkedIn so connect with me there. That's, uh, that, that, you know, that's a great way to connect. Um, come to the studio. Check out the <laughs> studio. I'm there too. <laughs> or call you. You know, how to get touch with me. it's like your second home. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> definitely check out, you know, check out his stuff. You know, you definitely, obviously if you haven't learned something from today, definitely knows his stuff. He's definitely a big passion of what he does. Someone's listening now. What is the one thing you want them to take away from today's episode? That um, culture inside the organization is critical. And it's really, it's it's hard work, but there is a process to, to, to change it. There's a process to make it better. Um, we have, you know, it's probably not the only one in the world, but it's the only one that I've seen over the last two decades, Jess, that does exactly what I'm talking about. It connects the head the heart and the hands, the head intellectually, I understand what I need to do, the heart emotionally, I need to connect with my people and the hands, I know how to implement the changes that I need to make inside the organization to make this a better place to work for everybody. So there, there's a way to do it and uh, don't be afraid of it. Um, tackle it, but tackle it head on. Awesome, you're so amazing. Before yeah. I let you go and start taking over the world, um, continue taking over the world, I should say. <laughs> Let's say get into the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. All right. So first question, we'll stick with culture for just a hot second. So what is one way someone can relieve stress within their culture? Relieving stress? I think it's really uh, communicating in a, in a positive way with one another and, you know, just breaking down some of the barriers that you see with another person and you know, begin to understand who they are, because once you do that, the stress starts to dissipate. It's it, it reduces because you're not guessing what they're thinking about. You're asking them and be a listener. You have God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you speak. <laughs> Such an important one. And listening, right? And I love that you said, like, whatever you think they're saying, whatever story you're telling in your head is probably not true. So having just sitting down and listening, I mean, we could all go through those stories of 
oh, I thought this is how it was going to go and it never went that way. So yeah, just remembering that. Yep. What is one way you relieve stress? Working out. I work out uh, four nights a week. And, uh, you know, if I, if I can't, I want to take a walk or do something strenuous so that I am, you know, not thinking about the things that I'm, I'm dealing with day by day. But if I didn't work out, I'd probably be banging my head against a wall somewhere. <laughs> I need to do that. <laughs> not bang my head against the wall, work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back to the studio and you're just going to be banging your head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's plenty of brick walls in there too, right, Jess? <laughs> so we talked a lot about uh, working out and things, but what is your favorite junk food? My fell, oh my God. I don't know if pizza is a favorite. I, I don't know if that's a junk food or not. I think it's a food group, but I have a really difficult time with potato chips. I really do. They're... Oh my God, they're amazing. And it doesn't matter if they're ridged or or flat. I can eat either. <laughs> it's like, okay. it's kryptonite to, to Superman. I, I need to stay away from them, but they're good. Is there a specific flavor that's like, I you're destroying? Just salt. I mean, just regular salt on, uh, I guess, hers or, I don't know, hers are my, probably my favorite. Jesus, you're not a sponsor. Just let everybody know. No, I'm not I- a sponsor. No, no. If they if they want to pay me, Jess, that's fine. I can do that. I'll split it with you. Hers, if you're listening, he will love to be your sponsor. And we're splitting it. Are you a cake or a pie person? I like pie. I I am. Uh, I like apple pie. I like pumpkin pie. I mm, pecan is okay, but they're my two favorites. What do you feel is the best age? any age you're in, you're in. I mean, if you, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to give away my age, but, uh, I've, I've loved life at, at every, at every age at every stage, Jess, I really do. I wish I could stay at certain ages, but I'm good. <laughs> I love that answer. Mark, you're seriously so amazing. I'm so glad you got to come on my podcast. I get to Thanks. show you off now. So I just really appreciate everything you do. So thank you. Love being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Thank you.